Tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. How is that possible? How are you gonna explain it that, that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. Over. Jalen Milrow often wears his own branded apparel reading LANK across the front. It's an acronym that stands for Let a Naysayer Know. Being told by his former offensive coordinator, that Bill O'Brien. I thought. Is that not what you thought? Boy. Is this a What the rock is cooking? Recording live from three, count them three locations, this is Past the Rock. I'm Patrick, and as always, I'm joined by two great men, uh, Caesar, a.k.a. LCs. Really, if you think about it, it's two locations since I'm technically represented by your other camera. Yeah, but if if you're listening, I mean, you're recording from a third location, just not visually. As, you know, the audience didn't have to know that. They could have thought that I was <laughs> that somewhere else. In, yeah. yeah, secretly recording in your in your home. Yeah, and whatever I make that look like. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, visually and audibly. Audibly? Audibly. Audibly and visually, we have Jacob, a.k.a. Bethke. Look, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, major flagship programs uh, like ESPN, they're doing conspiracies, and we're not going to you know, go straight from that. No. Caesar has turned himself into a nugget. Yeah, Caesar went under a nugget plasty. Uh, yeah, um, boyo, I was tired. plasty. Yeah, I was. I was tired of my previous human fleshy form. <laughs> I was like, you know what? It's time for a change. Yeah, this is what I picked. <laughs> well, we're uh, we're back. <laughs> we're happy to be here. Uh, a lot of stuff to get into, mostly NFL-related. Excuse me. Um, but uh, first we'll get into uh, what's been going on. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I got to start out by eating some crow. Uh, so uh, do I. In in the college football national championship game where Michigan took care of business pretty handily over Washington. Yeah. Um I didn't watch a, a second of it live or anything. Um but yeah, it's uh they I am, I, they were really I good. They were clearly the best team in, in the country, fifteen and zero. I don't know who no, I don't think anyone has any kind of conversation or argument they, they could place. Uh what'd you think, Cease? Oh man, dude. I credit credit to Bethke. Credit to Bethke on, on seeing the vision of Michigan. Michigan's defense was really good, man. Like, listen, that, that offense of theirs is whatever. Uh, it was just good enough. Uh, that run game was elite. That quarterback is yeah, the I mean, epitome of mid. He, like, he was just bad. Like, he he's a, a bad quarterback. He won a national title game completing 10 passes. Yeah, no, he sucks, and people are going to try to tell you that he's a first-round draft pick. Just watch. Draft season's going to come around, and the same tire... The same tired takes for guys like J.J. McCarthy are like, you know what? He's a good leader. He has all the intangibles. He's, white. He's sneaky athletic. He's yeah, no, he's, 
He's just a tall white guy. I, I uh, but, saw Giants fans mocking him to them at whatever early pick they have. And like, nice. I saw that. You can't kill the idea. And it's this, this double visual of, uh, or this melted visual of Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson. If that guy goes in the first round, I'm going to tell you right now, he's getting a head coach fired uh, and a GM fired. And it's going to be hilarious because uh, people hey, are going to talk. He does meditation. Uh, prior to the game, I don't think you quite understand how important that is. Maybe that's the difference between him and losers, you know? Yeah, and you know what? He does it with the cameras in his face. Like, that's that lets you know how razor-focused he is in meditation. I will say it's tough on that front, because, like, if he stops doing it once the cameras are on, then everyone talks crap because he stopped doing it once the cameras are He's He put himself in that spot, and he does. he's not shying away from it, so, you know, I'm not saying, you know, whatever, but... Yeah, if he's kind of in a lose lose at this point with it, but he put himself in there. So, yeah, yeah. But I will say this just about uh, about Washington uh, um, on their side of the things. Man, they had so many opportunities. They had so many opportunities to really run the score up uh, and they just kept missing like Michael Penix, you know, not as the Penix night. shrunk. Penix shrunk, man. The that Penix might, shrunk. Yeah, there that might drop him down. There's some shrinkage from Penix. A Bass Pro level. That might drop him down to a <laughs> pick 11. He might get to keep the purple. Um, Honestly, I don't know that if I would... So, so there's no way I would take Penis in the first round. Medically and after this game. And he's got, I mean, that, he's going to be a top 10 pick. I said me. I don't me. think about that. I man. said me. But Daniel Jones was a top 10 pick. You know what I mean? These teams get yeah, fucking give, thirsty, bro. Give him, Christian a, Ponder. give him a better situation. Christian Ponder was a terrible and, pick. And I <laughs> don't bring that up. I don't bring that up. I don't bring that up to show no, no, you ever. Not. I bring that up because I literally can't think of a worse first round pick quarterback. Jamarcus Russell. No, but Jamar, you know why they took Jamarcus. Christian Ponder yeah, was literally like, also, we knew what they Christian talked, Ponder they was. They talked to Jamarcus Russell. They knew what he was, too. <laughs> yeah, but he could throw a football 60 yards without trying. You know what I mean? They, they were always yeah. going to lie to themselves. And yeah, it's, Jamarcus it's the Russell. The only, the only real response is it's the Raiders. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah Jam- Jamarcus Russell was, is I think, in the heads of the you know NFL execs at that time, they imagined what we see Josh Allen to be. Big giant guy, freak athleticism, it. just, massive arm. But they but talked he was just, to him, like they, yeah, and they, they did have conversations yeah. with him. They knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they knew. I'm just telling you what hey, probably hey, went through their change. head. What probably went through their head was like, oh my god, I've never seen a guy built like this and who could throw like this. And then they quickly realized, oh, this guy doesn't give a shit. He's yeah. paid. Uh, more or less, more or less. I agree. And honestly, we're talking a lot about the quarterbacks, but let's don't forget about future Dallas Cowboy Blake Corum. Um, it, what was the Edwards guy? Is he a future Dallas Cowboy potential? I think Dylan I mean, Edwards. So potentially so what a future I, Dallas Cowboy. What, I, what I've heard <laughs> about right. those running backs from Michigan Except is that Caleb they're probably yeah, they're both probably cool. day two or day three picks. Especially Blake Corum might be a day three guy. That's what I'm, that's just what I'm because. Talking about. Just because he just doesn't have like that explosive long speed, and it's gonna really hamper him. Like he's not yeah, gonna no, be like he, a guy that's who why I said well, Dallas Cowboys. But he's a gamer. Needs to be a part of a, a combo. You know what I mean? We're gonna. Yeah, he's he's a gamer. He's a baller. Uh, yeah, but he's like he's not he's not a great athlete at the running back position, and that's gonna that's gonna hamper he's him. He's gonna replace my Deuce Deuce as my new little guy. How big is Blake Corn? I thought he was. He looked 
decent. He's bigger than Deuce Deuce, but he's not that big. Yeah, I think he's more Maurice Jones Drew type. My, he might replace Rico. I don't know. I like Rico. But anyway, we're getting into yeah, we're, we're yeah, the weeds. We're getting into, uh, <laughs> into the weeds. Yeah. We're getting into the weeds and we're not before even we, before into we get the chunk of the episode. Hell get yeah. off of college football. Just trying uh, to make you proud, Jared. There's some get pretty, off the Phoenix train. There's some pretty unexpected <clears throat> college football news that dropped today that we obviously have to mention with the uh, announcing of the retirement of Nick Saban from coaching uh Alabama. Goat, man. That's yeah, the that's they, the greatest college coach we've ever seen. Easily, hands down. I don't think anyone will ever be able to make an argument for any of the old heads. Uh, with all due respect to all of the old heads, I think that Nick Saban pretty much crushed any of that. What did, I saw something that Schefter put out. I think it was 44 first-round picks, 29 losses. Mm. And six of those losses came in his first year. Yeah. Think about that. And think what, about three, two or three this year? Two. Yeah, yeah just two. Yeah, I mean, it's it's truly incredible. And so I guess it's just as important. I don't think we're the greatest people to summarize and illustrate all of Saban's career. Like, the only thing I think I want to mention other than historically with Saban is that isn't it fucking hilarious that um, he basically was the person that started the Saints, to the, the path to win the Super Bowl it's, for the Saints? The dominoes are, yeah, incredible. <laughs> the butterfly just, effect, however you want to yeah. go yeah. through with that. Uh you could also put Dante Culpepper in that mix. Uh, yeah, he has to be a part. I can't of remember where where it all lines up chronologically, but uh, I can I can tell you I can I re- I remember that time very vividly. If you want me to go in, get into it, I I don't know if we need to get too deep into it, but if you want to just like highlight reel it, okay, highlight reels. All right, the the year it's two thousand five, right? My, Nick Saban's first year with the team goes seven and nine, uh, gets Ricky Williams back. They, they just, they're okay. You know, they, they take a step up. During that season, Culpepper, Breeze, both have separate injuries. Culpepper, his knee, if I remember correctly. And then uh, Breeze, off, everybody remembers he has the, the torn rotator cuff. So, just based on how they're both built, right? Culpepper, big, strong, just athletic guy. Seemed worth more the risk uh, of signing. So, they, the Miami Dolphins make the offer to him instead, thinking that his recovery would be a lot easier to come back from as opposed to a torn rotator cuff from an undersized quarterback who already didn't have a big arm. So Saints, they they, they take the dice, and what happens? Nick Saban realizes he's not cut out for the NFL after a bad year of having to play both Dante Culpepper and Joey Harrington. Uh, the <laughs> Joey Harrington off- being the better of the two somehow. Yeah, and then the Wildcat quarterback uh, experiment just kind of, or not not quarterback, but the Wildcat offense was pretty quickly figured out after that first year. Uh, after Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams, you know, just were a great two-headed duo that one year. And then, you know, we saw what happened with the Saints. They they win a Super Bowl, I believe, three, three years after he signs with the Saints. Yeah. So, that's the uh, that's the timeline in a highlight reel format, fellas. So yeah, Nick Saban, and I think the most important place to take it from here, Patrick, is the future of college football is now in complete and utter chaos. <clears throat> Enjoy. Yeah, it's great. Uh, the Alabama transfer portal has been extended for thirty more days, um, so that means some guys are going to be leaving. I know he was doing. Sorry, he was still doing interviews 
for coaching positions and assistant positions like up until yesterday or even today. So who so knows? Perhaps perhaps it's an in-house uh, um, upgrade. I mean, yeah, he's probably he's he's probably helping out a lot in the decisions moving forward. Uh, I would Absolutely. assume he's got a big yeah. uh, uh, transition going Is on. He, would he not consider being an AD for the school? I don't know their I don't situation. Know. Uh, I, I, don't know. I saw front office sports was expecting or reporting that he's likely to replace Lee Corso at some point. Uh, I'll do TV first and then eventually be the AD somewhere. I bet, or just I bet do that's the, exactly or what the does. Or just do the Lee Corso yeah. role for 10, 20 years where you just come on, talk college football uh, for a few hours on Saturday, pick a game, you know, and get out of there. You know, part of me can see it, but part of me thinks he loves the game too much. Well, I mean, that's a way to be in the game without the stress of the game. No, 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 no. I, I, mean the com- I mean the game. I know. The game but, within the game. But he can still I think he likes to beat it. people. He does, but I think he also likes to analyze other people doing it. So I think he'll enjoy that. And if you have him and Belichick on TV at the same time, which you know is very likely happen. to happen in the near future, that will be a football nerd's dream. So if, you know what? Give me Belichick to be the replacement at Alabama. <laughs> yeah, that'd be so funny. He would not want to deal with recruiting no, and NIL and transfer no, that's, portals. That's easily. But that'd be talking, funny. We're gonna get into ranking uh, head coaching jobs in a little bit, and if I, if Alabama was to be a part of the job situation, I know it could be the best, but it sounds like the worst I would ever want it. Like I would never. Dude, well, person. you don't want to be the guy they, after the guy. Yeah, you don't want to. Who wants like, to follow up is, his success, man? It's, it, it's it impossible. Has to, yeah, either has to be someone that he handpicks, or it's got to be someone who's so young that they're just willing to just get kicked in the nuts. And even if he handpicks him, there's no guarantee of success. No, you know? but they'll be treated a little bit better than if it's a complete outside hire type thing. Right. Perhaps, man. You, you know, you're probably right on they'll that. They'll get a more graceful exit. Rough. I'll say it that way. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, there's also the possibility of Alabama doing something historical that would be quite a big deal as well. I think. There's no way. I have no idea what What? you're... Come on. Yeah, It's the most obvious history making you can do in football. First, come on, bro. There's no way they've had a black coach. Oh, in Alabama? Yeah, no. Oh, not a fucking chance they've had a black coach. As a black head coach, I don't think so. Not not in football. Dude, Texas and Texas A and M just did that shit but like, a decade ago. Who, yeah. who who would be the? <laughs> like, I'm not on. saying who would yeah. be the guy. That, <laughs> like, that's what on, I'm wondering. Bro. Who the guy would be? Like, come on, bro. Like, it, it, it's let's be honest. It's an interesting conversation. The coaches are not predominantly black necessarily, but a lot yeah. of good candidates are. And they're at least they're. If you were to quote-unquote defend them they haven't had just too many coaches in their entire history just in total so right that's that's a a valid fact i guess but like at the end of the day just it's still it's still a crazy job like i don't is auburn even done it i don't know no i don't think it's it's just it's just a territory obviously because of the south and because sec fans in particular seem to represent some of the worst of the south at times yeah we uh i haven't been entirely sure how to bring this to the podcast. I think we talked about it over the Twitter thread that uh, high school football player with a interesting last name. Yeah, um, which we that's... now know is pronounced the other way. At least they, that's that... their, their their story, and they're sticking yeah. to it. And I respect that. <laughs> I respect the fuck. But you out know, of that. you know, some SEC kids want that want that player 
Unfortunately, unfortunately, people aren't going to care about the context, but I just want it to be stated. Well, they want it. They want the excuse to be able to just just the, say it. The the family has publicly they stated let the, naysayers the name is know. pronounced differently. <laughs> they want to let the naysayers know. Yeah, honestly, I'm. We're getting to the point with jokes and culture that it's. I don't even know what I'm allowed to say anymore, um, because now even naysayer makes me feel like. I'm being judged because I already know. I already I think, know where it's happening. Yeah, I don't know. That <laughs> one, and it, it feels you, definitely subjective, but that one just doesn't feel like it sounds... But then you got Reese Davis just like, really? <laughs> I love it so much. That, it's that segment was so good. Racism isn't funny, but sometimes it can kind of be funny. <laughs> it can make some... Hey, listen, it, it listen. causes funny moments. But yeah, nothing's 100% it does. funny. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's yeah. some percent funny. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of funny... I think I think I know who would be the funniest hire for them to to make, and that's Lane Kiffin. Condoleezza Rice. Uh, oh my God, Lane Kiffin in Alabama would be such a beautiful train wreck. I'm here. I got. I'm. I, I need this. Caesar, you you deserve a pay upgrade. Yeah, I think right now the the main talk <laughs> is the Oregon coach, which would. It's like a $20 million buyout yeah. and all that. Dan Lanning does feel like a nice candidate. Well, he's already on team if, being a little pretty boy. And I can't imagine Listen, if Saban's there's, pulling if, the trigger unless he's confident that they're If there's one school that has more money to keep their coach than any other school because of outside resources, it's Oregon, Texas. man. They got Nike money. Yeah, I they mean, could just Oregon, money with Texas that guy. They really pose an interesting threat. I mean, even Sark. I mean, would, would it be that crazy for Sark to, to, to do it? Uh, yeah, because right now, now he's going to the SEC. Right he's going now, to the I SEC think now. he's in a way better spot sticking at Texas this year than he would be I, I get trying you. to get, I get over you. there. I, I feel you. I feel you. I'm if just he's saying, trying, if he's thinking he about has right the ties. now, like this year, like what he has the ties. Yeah. Obviously, he, you know, it's it is. I I would say the best job in football because of how much you just get out of it. Like I think Texas I think is you're, frustrating you're for a number of reasons. The, the arch manning of it all, though. And what no, that, yeah, you're what right. that you're could right. be, you're unless right. he's and like, I, I like could bring him, unless he thinks I could bring him with me. <laughs> it probably but there could. also might be the rarity of the job and the, you know what I mean? It's just one yep. of the few jobs that actually could make the Texas football coach, the Oregon football coach, reconsider. Maybe or at least well, Oregon, Oregon, absolutely, but. I don't know about Texas. I mean, but as Texas much. is a lot of meddling. Because Texas is a lot of I know, it's a lot of politics. Still, Alabama has a lot of meddling too. Even with their we lack just don't of, hear about it because it's even. And I, and you're right. You're right. That's fair. You have to be able to manage it, no matter where you are. You have to be able to manage it. But I think in Alabama, you get a much more coordinated effort than in Texas. You get the same amount of resources and passion or whatever. But I think that there is undoubtedly a there's. I'm trying to say it in a nice way. There's probably not a lot of diversity on either way, but I'm guessing that the diversity at Texas has a little bit more incentive to care about actual diversity or the lack of diversity at Texas probably cares more about any issues. Like not, with the boosters have to deal with, I'm not talking about just in that regard. I'm just saying not where the money the, what, is. <laughs> I'm saying where they, what they think about, you know what I mean? Who they reflect. Texas people, even though they are still hard conservatives in a lot of way, are a little more progressive and rich Texans than Alabama I I, rich. I don't think that that's true with the people who pay for these things. You, th I mean, you feel like this is an even playing field with boosters. They're all just the evil henchmen uh, of the South. Uh, for these schools, yeah. 
Okay, I mean that's fair. I'm not gonna refute that. Like that's for a these completely schools, fair for allegation. These schools, absolutely, uh, which is <laughs> like, why they do so well. Uh, <laughs> right, right. I guess I'm just. I guess I, I, in a way, I think that one would have to slightly be better. But you're right. No, I mean, Texas, Texas is like the NBC, where it's like we're all dressed up in blue, but we're funded. We're funded hard red. Right, right. <laughs> Performative. Yeah, it's, I guess that's what I mean. Is the performative nature of what has to go on at Texas yeah, is to a little a point, bit more difficult to a point. than Alabama that doesn't perform shit. They just but are the Alabama. head coach got about a week before. Well, actually, he wasn't even there before boosters were already talking. So. <laughs> No, you're right. And and Caesar said it the best. It's ultimately that's probably the best credit to um to Nick Saban. And and at Texas, that's why Mac Brown was probably so successful. Is the she was a great schmoozer, a great politician. And Nick Saban doesn't do it the same way, but Nick, Nick Saban's great at it too. And we there's so yeah. much evidence. I, I have a feeling that Nick Saban probably just struck fear into all those boosters' eyes with his intensity. And they're like, all right, well, you're winning titles. Keep up the good job. Well, I mean, that's yeah. It's the winning is the it's only the thing fucking, that matters. Like, he was just to, like after a what couple seasons, he does with them, yeah. After a couple seasons, he could just look up straight in the face, tell him to shut the fuck up. Like that, that, <laughs> that program was nothing for a very long time. Yeah, he so. resurrected a, a powerhouse for sure. <clears throat> Missions, mission accomplished. And hopefully now they'll they'll calm back down as Texas enters the SEC and starts a reign of dominance over the biggest conference in the second biggest sport in the country. And I do want to second that that's what I would enjoy to like to see too, is especially from being a little kid. But um, I do want to say from just everyone else's perspective, I just want to make it known that it's just fun that now Texas and a whole lot of other schools are thinking exactly like you because the specter of Alabama is gone. And that's just going to cause for some of the best chaos. Like the boosters all around the country are going nuts. The head coaches are all like, there's so many head coaches. Lane, what about Lane Kevin? We're talking about what about um, USC guy, right? Like, I mean, he's not necessarily the most proven, but fuck they, it, why not? There's zero zero percent chance. Yeah, he probably loves that LA shit. But well, no, zero percent chance they would even consider him. Perhaps I would think that that's fair based He's off. He's nowhere track close record. to being the guy that they're going to talk to you about replacing Nick Saban. But who do you who do you replace Nick Saban with? You know that's it's the impossible yeah, it's gotta question. Be, it's got to be the Oregon guy, it, unless you can somehow no, convince Harbaugh we, to come down there or no, Belichick. We, I, I just said it though. It's 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 Lane Kiffin, baby. Lane yeah, Lane Kiffin, Kiffin really day. would be the would. That's my personal choice, but that's Alabama. It's almost immediately like the first season probably goes really well. Maybe even back to the. CFB. I think if they were gonna bring the Lane sec- in, he they would. The plan would be to bring someone else in for like a year or two, and then bring Lane in. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, a sitting duck coach at Alabama would be tough to swallow, and then that's where we get really tough too. I mean, if they did make a that hire, if we know it's if we know it's more of a sitting duck, like. They've already done such a good job of building out the future of the sport with them at the wheel, so they can it's take. True. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they can. And take I guess a the last name time. I should I should say before we move on is is Kirby Smart. They would. I, mean, I don't. I understand. Yeah, I don't think it would leave be, Georgia. That would be crazy. That would be. Wild. I, I get it. I get it. But also, it's Alabama. I mean, we've seen it. Yeah, but like he he, he just time. brought Les, a level Les of success Miles, with Georgia. Miles that, like, did some kind of interconference. Maneuvering like that too, and it worked out. So well, Saban was LSU's coach that won him a title. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I forgot about that. So you know what I mean? It's here we are. So, but anyways, right. we'll uh we'll 
get on past that. Um, I think we're actually just going to head right on into getting into the last week of the NFL and heading into the playoffs. There's a lot, so let's There's let's get on to that. I'm going to pass oh, the rock okay. on to this this guy, Caesar. Hey, man, uh, I'm a nugget now. you you got to understand. I am not a Denver nugget. I'm just a nugget. All right, fellas, uh, week 18, the final week of the regular season is in the books, and I don't know about you guys, but this season went by really fucking fast. Uh, it felt faster than other years uh, feel like. I feel like sometimes the season drags along, especially when you get to the mid part, but this one, it just felt like, oh, man, this season's going by real fast. And uh, for some of y'all, uh, like Bethke, the season ended on a pretty high note, and then for others, like myself and Patrick... Not so much. Not so much. Let's go ahead and get into the first game of the Week 18 review. And that is the Minnesota Vikings uh, losing their final game of the season to the Detroit Lions. Uh, They were, you know, they were hanging tough in the first half uh, into the second half. But eventually the Lions, with still hopes of maybe securing the two seed, uh, played their starters and tried to go all out. And... They came away with a win. Uh, not the most impressive effort from the Lions. I felt more impressed by what Minnesota was doing, if I'm being honest, uh, with the handicap of having to play Nick Mullins. Yeah, I'm with well, you. you. They, you looked, they looked a little bit better than I thought they would coming out. Um, but, yeah, it's what you saw like most the, of this year was, man, this team could really use a quarterback. They could like that's, that's everything else is kind of there. I mean, the defense obviously <laughs> yeah. has to be better, but yeah, that they're a quarterback away from legitimately being at the uh, at least being fun to the, watch. <laughs> not even just fun to watch. Bay in a serious way this season, obviously, they they would have been right there in that that race. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah I I honestly I believe depending on how they they handle the off season, right? I I really think this Minnesota Vikings team, if they if they can secure themselves a franchise quarterback. Uh, for the long haul, that that's a real contender. Uh, no, like, no, like disrespect at Kirk Cousins. I just don't think he's the franchise quarterback to take this team over the top. I think he makes them competitive. Absolutely, like this is you put Kirk Cousins on this team, like a healthy Kirk Cousins all the way through. They they maybe compete for uh, a wild card spot, but you put in somebody who can elevate this team, and dude, you you're cooking with gas. But for this season, for the exercise that we're doing right now, they finished seven and ten. They had some some pretty fun moments, I would say, uh, especially that for those first two games with the astronaut Josh Dobbs, uh, Justin Jefferson. But not continued. the first two games of the season where they were the fumble kings. Oh no, definitely not. That was like the uh, first five weeks, man. It was <laughs> rough. And that was the thing. That's the thing with the whole season was it was like it started off with these games where okay, we would win, we would won if we just kept kept the ball because we beat him and everything else and then Kurt goes down and we still keep pretty much most games down to a score hey, it, it was Yo, it, a, frustrating, had an impressive a frustrating year but that's and I, I'll repeat it till I'm dead that's what the parody of the NFL is now is unless you're just a god awful team like the Panthers you're probably going to hover around 500 uh, by the end of the season um, and then Listen. switch to the other side the next year Listen, the the Vikings had a pretty impressive uh, seven game stretch where they went six and one. They beat the Niners, the Packers, the Falcons, and Saints. I'm not saying that those team, those last two teams, are anything like <laughs> great, right? But 
Uh, those were teams that like, had a shot at the wild card and whatnot. So I'll give I'll give Minnesota that much, you know. But they had some. Uh, they had a tough game against the Chiefs, and then of course they beat the the Forty ers So there's there's something there. There is something there. If they can keep Brian Flores uh, and build on that defense and find a good uh, a good QB, or maybe just run it back with Kirk, you're you're looking at a team who at, at least is fighting for. Uh, the division and maybe two, three seed next year, depending on things go. Uh, well, but I, I guess the question I would ask to Patrick here, though, is so obviously you get to do a little YouTube QB hunting in the off season. That's always fun. But really, the thing I want to know is, is how do you feel the Vikings should go into this next season? Kirk and a draft pick or just draft pick and Kirk get a job wherever you can. Uh, I think you have to bring Kirk back uh, on like a some kind of two or three year deal. It's unfortunate timing, but there's no other option. That there's just not another option out there, and they don't have the money to do anything else. So feels almost certain that they will. But I, I mean, they anyway. they kind of have to, and I I believe in him a little bit more than he was like does. shirtless bring, or doing the horn at the last game, right? <laughs> uh, maybe it, yeah, I don't know. So um, I, I, I don't watch a lot of pregame. I think Kirk is a Viking for life for sure. He's I I really like him, man. Um, I'm uh I'm happy with him. It would be great if they took a quarterback with the 11th pick. If there's one there that they actually believe in, uh, if not, go grab go grab something to help that pass wow. rush. And uh, <laughs> yeah, like this is if they're gonna grab a quarterback, this is the year to do it. Like this draft class has quickly become pretty stacked at the QB position. Yeah, Next year's draft class is not looking hot, man. I wouldn't There's hate not even anybody being like named right now. Like I think if you were to say, hey, who who could be in the twenty twenty five draft class? Quinn we're looking Ewers. at Quinn Ewers and Quinn like, Ewers. I don't think I love that. I, I don't Quinn Ewers. Love that. Uh the Vikings I assume are will also have some opportunities to trade down for teams that are super desperate for something. Uh and maybe build up some defense that way. Uh, and then who knows? Who knows? Um, but I think Kirk's your guy. That's that's just the way it's going to be. And I'm fine with it. I like him a lot. And I think that offense is great if him and Jefferson are both out there and healthy. Uh, Jordan Addison oh. uh, got – he had an incredible rookie year, um, especially for not having a quarterback for most of it. Almost almost hit 1,000 yards. Um, and he looks, I, I he just looks pretty promising. He had a few fumbles early on. But I think he'll be great. You know what? I just uh, I just forgot who would possibly be the number one quarterback taken next year. Uh, Shador Sanders could be could look good in in Minnesota. I, I don't hate it. Shador has nice he has nice I'm traits, good. but there's a lot of developing that needs to be done. I, well, I don't he's, want any part he's in of a good spot. Ah uh, man, you're you're missing out on a guy who's just I don't think he's, he's got all the tools. Either, yeah, I, I mean the for what you get in the don't, NFL though, don't need the circus. I don't know. Listen, I mean, it'd probably I, be like a LeVar Ball situation be, where it's not as bad as we make it out. Is that too busy Dax, at Colorado? He could be Dak's replacement. That's fine. Dude, I'm not going to. Ah, you're look, missing out, We man. still We still have Things some years in the in the Dakota, at least. Couple, at least a couple more years in the Dakota, you got to hope. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looking at these other guys, and I'm just not loving the names. Uh, but that's I think that's going to be the number one name. Although, I guess, I don't think you guys will be in a position to even draft him. So, it's it's fine. Um, but yeah, uh, anything else you guys wanted to say on the Minnesota Vikings before we move on to the final two games of week 18? No, you can't see us. No, 
Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Beth uh, Beth-Kee's just yeah, over yeah. here shaking his head furiously. He's like, uh, my, uh, no, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my, hey, but my I do want to say there was something that you guys didn't, you know, give enough play to here. For at least half of a half, it almost looked like the yeah. prediction of the Vikings becoming the seventh seed. It was pretty nuts, and that, that goes to show you just how wild some of this can be, especially down to the final week. Uh, but then when you break it down, it wasn't that close because didn't the, the Saints no, kick the fucking no, shit out yeah, of the Falcons? It didn't, it didn't take much. And <laughs> yeah, but it took them a long time to start kicking the shit out of it the Falcons. It did take them a while. They were losing early, and then they were kicking. It was, they it was, of kicking the shit out of them. <laughs> it was seventeen to seventeen at one point, and the next thing I know, I looked up. I'm like, holy shit, what happened to Atlanta? And should we? Is this a time to talk about the end of that game? We might as well. Uh, no, no, we, we got it. We got it. We gotta wait though. Oh, Do you have it? Let's fuck. It's not on Do the you rundown. Have it on the rundown. So that's why. I, I, that's why I, I, I wanted to talk about it when we let's got to the just do it to the now. loss fuck of. It. Okay, fuck it. All right, all right. Let's let's do it because it wasn't on the buzz. Uh, what's on the buzz rundown? Actually, oh, you were gonna about. talk about when the co- the coach, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we could talk let's, about with the coach. Yeah, you're right. We'll, let's, listen, we'll, listen. On, let's, right, let's finish up your the next two games. All right, yeah, let's, you're gonna. Yeah, it's time to talk about the Eagles. So this will. Do we have to? Do I have to? Fine. We can do the Cowboys first. It's either way. I don't want to. I no. Cowboys is I'm simple just, and short we can, and sweet. We can do whatever okay. we want to do. L- listen, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna rip the bandaid off and right. just get it o- over with. The Philadelphia Eagles pathetically lost in a blowout to the New York Giants. I have every reason to believe that they were not gonna be really good in this game at all, and uh, they proved me right. Uh, they proved me right in a way that I did not want to be proven right, though, which was they got shut out in the first half, 24 to nothing. They were playing their starters, for fuck's sakes. Playing their starters. They still had a division to play for. At one point, Washington is leading uh, Dallas, and you look, up at the e- <laughs> you look at the Eagles-Giants score, and the Eagles are already out of it, 17 to nothing. They can't move the ball. They can't stop anybody, and I'm just losing my goddamn mind. Either way, uh, we're one step closer to this season mercifully being over. Uh, Eagles finish second in the division, 11-6, and six, in what will go down as one of the most historic downward spirals I've ever seen from a contender in my lifetime. I've never seen a contender... It's pretty if, impressive. If, For as much as I didn't fully believe in them as an actual contender. I really didn't think they were just going to keep losing these games down the stretch each and every well, time. I was like, there's no way they're going to lose this one. Now's this the time one. to bring up, and now's the time to bring up uh, Ocho Cinco's prediction though, right? No, what if they're playing hooky? Child, he is please. So wrong. Yeah, right. What if they're doing what? What if they're playing hooky? They're not. Cause the, hey, dude, hey th- the quarterback's so hand looked like this. Oh, Caesar can't see it, but Caesar knows what I'm talking about. I'm, yeah, I know I'm what it looked confused. like. I don't know what any of this means. Jalen Hurts had a disgustingly dislocated finger. No, Jalen Hurts' finger was so fucked up that this is what he was doing to the camera. So it was just like the worst thing I can oh, imagine. You know what? I saw like a really weird cut of that, and I didn't know what he was. I thought he might have been flipping off a fan. No, 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 that's that was not him showing someone his injury, and it just happened to be also flipping off the Eagles Nation at the perfect time. Yeah, oh, it was bad. It was bad, but yeah, uh, no. Listen, I I am discrediting everything Chad Johnson has to say about that. They're not playing hooky. This is a team that's lost on defense. They don't know how to communicate with each other, and on offense, dude, they are in a rut. They don't know how to fucking pick up a blitz. They don't know how to beat a blitz, which 
should not happen in modern day football. This is a team that's just it's bad, and they're playing really bad. Uh, Chad Johnson's about to get proven really, really wrong when Tampa Bay uh, kicks their ass. But we'll talk about that in the preview. Uh, but yeah, I don't, Beautiful. I don't really have anything else to say about about this uh, game. It's just otherwise I'm gonna go on a 30 minute rant, and I don't want to do that. And we'll uh, so, talk about the team again. Do so you that's... <clears throat> just want real quick, and I know that we'll. I don't know. If I was just looking at the right now. And I don't know if this will be part of the conversation later or not. Uh, do you think there's an actual chance that they fire Nick Sirianni this year, or do you think he at least gets to start next year? <sighs> so I was gonna uh, bring this. Uh, I was gonna bring this up in the in the in the coaching openings, but I'll get it out of the way now. There is a 50-50 shot, I think, that he either gets fired or gets um, retained. And, and here's what I think has to happen for him to get retained is that that Eagles team, they don't necessarily have to win the Bucks game. They just have to look like they give a shit and are competent and they know what they're doing because they have looked lost on both sides of the ball for the last six weeks. It's been an incredible downward spiral. So if he gets them playing up to 75% of their potential. I think they keep him and they're I think they would be wrong to do so. Uh personally, just because I've seen what happens when because I know it's going to happen. They're going to they're going to clean house on the coordinator side. Howie Roseman's going to handpick his court uh Nick Sirianni's coordinators. They're not going to mesh well and they're going to waste a year of everybody's time and then they're going to fire Nick Sirianni. Uh, if they get blown out, though, if they get blown out, then Nick Sirianni's gone. I I don't think Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman want to deal with that embarrassment. Yeah, and that was gonna be my and question: is how much more leash does Roseman get if he has a long leash? If he's you, the guy you have who, no idea. He's, 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 he's a great great collector of talent. He for this so hard. It's it's but amazing like, how people have flaws like this. He's such a great collector of talent. He's made some great trades. But then look at this this coordinator thing okay. that he seems fixated on is kind of looking at like a sort of his Achilles heel. So like, so let me let, let me just bring you guys a, a little bit more into the world of an Eagles fan who's who's just seen it with Howie Roseman for for over a decade now. Jeffrey Lurie undoubtedly, and I mean this like just I, I can't be more I don't know what the word is, I just real on this as I can. When I say that Jeffrey Lurie looks at Harry Roseman as like a son and he trusts him unequivocally, undoubtedly. I remember this. I'll never forget this. There was a there was a press conference where Jeffrey Lurie was taking questions and he balked at the idea when a reporter asked him uh, if Howie Roseman was on the hot seat or uh, what Howie needs to do to have his job more, be more secure. Jeffrey Lurie just looked and shook off the questions like Howie Roseman is is as safe as any GM in the league. I mean, this guy is Teflon Don. Uh, he's bulletproof. It would have to he would have to be wrapped up in some major scandal to lose his job. That's how secure his job is. We're, we're stuck with Howie Roseman for better or for worse. Is he on the Aaron Rodgers list? Uh, I, I, I don't believe so. Oh. I don't believe he's on the Aaron Rodgers list. I could be wrong, but I don't know. But yeah, no, uh, Howie Roseman is not going anywhere anytime soon un until he feels like leaving or if Jeffrey Lurie sells the team. 
Which I also don't. Feel like win or lose, you're stuck with the Sirianni. Unless well, unless a complete, complete unless an AJ Brown quote can save the day. No, I think I think it's not win or lose. It's win. Nick Sirianni stays. Lose, and it's like, how bad did you lose? Did you lose pretty badly? They'll they'll probably they'll probably get rid of him. It's going to be a bad look considering what his record is. But then when you look at the finer details of how the season played out, you can kind of defend it. Uh, but it's it's going to be a tough sell on the next head coach. Uh, but there's plenty to sell the next head coach on when you look at the talent collected on offense. But yeah, uh, that's a conversation for maybe like next week or whenever the Eagles finally mercifully get bounced out of the playoffs. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about an actual contender, gentlemen. And that's Bethke's Dallas Cowboys. Although the game Cowboys was a little Cowboys. Although the game was a little tight for a few minutes of the second quarter, uh, the Dallas Cowboys proved that they are far and away the best team in the NFC East, and that they are a legitimate contender in this uh, in this year's playoffs. They beat the shit out of the Washington Commanders, who, let's be real, they had no real reason to even try to win this game, other than pride. But like. This is a team that had the second overall yeah. pick on the line. All right, uh, I don't think those I, those guys might like Ron Rivera personally, but they knew his job was done for. They're not playing for him. They're they're not even playing for themselves right now. And they don't, yeah, or GM, or like they're getting a complete organizational uh, restructure. Rehaul. Yeah, I'll put yeah, it this so. way. I'll put it this way. One of our reserve guards that had to play because of uh, uh, Martin's in, uh, illness of the game day of the game ended up like basically just moving Duran Payne by himself at one point. Yeah, like that's Look. that's just the only thing. <laughs> TJ Bass, I'm excited for the future, but I don't know that Honestly, that was necessarily I say, uh <laughs> I would say the biggest story coming out of this game is the fact that Brandon Aubrey. Well that, but luckily that no one got hurt at FedEx Field in week seventeen. Yeah, well, you do sign will probably be in some sort of strap or something, they said. It was like a dislocated thing. He can play through it, but it'll be Yeah, hurt. he popped it back in. He said he could have come back in, but they were like, they all we don't say need that. It. Well, um, it looked, it looked like he could have, and it was just kind of like, there's just no need. So, And let's make sure we're clear on the Aubrey thing. Yes, it wasn't awesome. At the same time, has a great silver lining. We, so you have the annoying... Uh, block, block kick to yeah, to, so to, to break up his record. Let's let's hold up, pause on that, and ask about this real quick. Should that be counted as a missed field goal if there's a guy s- standing in front of the ball before you even get your leg down to it? <laughs> like, does, I mean, should listen, that count as a missed you, field goal if you don't even get a chance to kick it past the line well, of scrimmage? <laughs> it's it's asking if it should even count as an attempt then at that. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I gotta I gotta say shot counts, unfortunately, for my boy. Um, yeah. But. But he missed, and, he, he, he missed and then the he missed another one. one. So that's right. why it didn't and, and, matter as much. But and here's the silver lining to that too. He has been due for a doink kick for about four or five weeks now. I felt like so for him to get the doink out felt good to do it in the playoffs, and then to get the fifty yarder to finish the game out. Yeah. That was where I was like, yes, I was. I was more excited at that fifty yarder than any other moment in the game. I was like, yeah. let's fucking go. My girlfriend uh, was like, I thought break- they were blowing him out. I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, you don't listen, need him heading you know, into the playoffs, missing two of two. All of a sudden, l- you listen, can't hit any. 
this is this is going to be the most impressive part of this dude's season. Yeah. All right. Besides him going like at one point being perfect, I think he was 35 of 35, which is insane, right? Mm-hmm. But he is 10 for 10 on kicks over 50 yards. That's an insane number, dude. That's yeah. My goodness. That's, that's, he gets a little. He gets a little close to the to the you know Iz Doink. You see that he gets a little close. Either he basically either he just nails this straight goddamn middle, which is or he gets dangerously, yeah. or he gets dangerously close to doinking, and that's just his only flaw. And that's just kind of the way he is, and I'll take it. It's and, probably and, gonna be more bad, and probably gonna be more good than bad, if I'm guessing. And you know what's Seems crazy though, is uh even with the two the two. Mi- with the two misses, he like he fell from first in uh, field goal percentage made to about to fourth with those two misses. Nick Folk, former Dallas Cowboys kicker, That's led beautiful. the NFL in Nick field Folk's goal percentage. Twenty nine of thirty. Uh, Nick Folk was this season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than other than that, there's really not much to say. That, I think... What that tells me is the Jets didn't get down there enough for him to even make attempts. <laughs> It, right. And honestly, the the Aubrey thing is really nice too because in, obviously, if you guys, well, I don't know if you watched the broadcast or saw it after, but they're calling it as it's going to happen. Yeah. They jinxed the. They jinxed it as oh. it was amazing because Greg Golson's just sitting there trying to talk about how much he doesn't want to jinx it as he's doing it. Yeah. It was beautiful. Uh, I'm uh, not gonna lie. It was poetic. I took myself. I took the bias cap off for a second and just enjoyed cap. that moment. And you I know, just enjoyed it for just a little bit. And I will say this too: if it wasn't for, I, I, it's going to be a weird, ano- a statistical anomaly when Lamar Jackson gets crowned MVP. Like if you look at, if you just look at the wrong Brandon numbers, MVP. No, no, I was going to say <laughs> your, your boy Dakota the he, has he won had, MVP before. I know that's why I was like, oh, okay, Caesar, Long I'm on. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think I'd ever get on. I'd ever get that far on the ledge. But uh, your boy Dakota had a hell of a season, man. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. tip my cap to him because he his. I'm looking at his final numbers. If you, like, if you damn, had a kicker this... who could hit from like literally anywhere, they would be MVP because he would never punt. So if you could, if you could punt. kick a 90 yard field goal, you'd be the MVP. If you, you could have a dude that can hit these 60 yards like, with you could do regularity, it consistently, yeah, you'd have to do. You'd have to have a high percentage uh, of doing it at like I 70. Do a 60 I think yard you'd, have to do, you'd have to do 70 plus to get MVP as a kicker. What if you were it. good for like a 60 yarder every other game or even every game? No, it would have to be like I'm saying for you to win MVP, you'd have to be every game like we're not well, playing past the, the modern- 30. In the modern day, in the modern day, yeah. because when the kicker won the MVP, that was in the 80s, yeah. right, which is still really impressive. Also, how much funnier would it be for a kicker to be the first one to break the quarterback streak? <laughs> I would love I would love it so much. <laughs> if, you would, could, if you could get a kicker who could hit, like, Steph-style Steph shots or, like, LeBron <laughs> full Steph courts. Curry of kickers revolution. The, the LeBron full courts. Like, Wait, can I get a fu- kick it from, from his own can end I- zone. Can I get a step back kick? You know, where like he goes to kick it, steps he back. In, he goes in front of it, jumps back. <laughs> and kicks it. That would we're, be hey, we're just trying to revolutionize the game. Competition I'm just saying, committee that's, hit us up. That's what it would take, but it would be awesome. Yeah. I would love to see it. Yeah, in the modern game, at least. But yeah, no, the, the game was good. The Cowboys should have blown him out early. Then the block punt or block field goal really opened the door. Um, I don't know if you guys got to watch all the trickeration because that was also sort of fun if you weren't. It was a little weird because it no, was obviously. It. So, so basically, this game was always going to play out one way. It was always going to play out with Washington was going to have as frisky of a first half as they could, but inevitably succumb to the reality that their season's over and that this team on the other side is at least trying. 
So that was obvious very early on, even though the Cowboys made it look a little goofy from the lack of some of the execution on their part. Ultimately, though, it was the funniest shit. The first like two or three drives, they never go, they never punt or, you know, it's always fourth downs. So that's pretty obvious. But they're running so many end arounds. I think they ran an end around every other play for the first two drives. I, Washington was cracking me the fuck up with their play calling. It was as much YOLO play calling as I think I've ever seen in a professional football game. Was Howell playing quarterback? Oh yeah, he was. Okay. He was. He was a part of the shenanigans too. They. they it was a. It, some of it was there's, effective. Some of it was very there, not effective. And we'll get into <laughs> this in the coaching discussion too. But there's pieces there. There's a reason why that to me is not the least. Wouldn't be the least attractive spot. I can see the allure of wanting to go there and rebuild that thing. Right. Oh yeah. And we'll, we'll get. It. Yeah. We'll get. Oh, oh my god. Oh. Okay. I like it. We're That's starting it. spicy. That, well, I mean, we have to segue into the into the coaches. Uh, we do. And you know what? There's no better time than the present. Let's get into it right now because I don't want to talk about week 18 anymore. It, it hurts too much. Um, uh, I'm too numb. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. Never mind. Good. Yeah. Sorry. All right. So, fellas, now that we're done reviewing week 18, it's time to talk about all these head coaching uh, vacancies, all of these attractive landing spots. But first, gentlemen, I want us to take a moment of silence for our boy, Arthur Smith, who will no longer be defending his head coach fight club title. All right, that's enough silence. All right, man, this guy went out so, so funny. You know, it's, at least he gets to know that in this hypothetical scenario of 32 head coaches, he would win uh, this round robin style tournament of uh fisticuffs but in his last game he gets blown the hell out by the new orleans saints and he has that exchange with dennis allen saying that's fucking bullshit <laughs> and then dennis allen just calmly is like hey man i know <laughs> like when i heard because i saw that happen and i heard the like they picked it up on the audio i'm like Oh shit! Like, if Dennis Allen is agreeing with his sentiment, like, what what is up with that? And then little, little did we find out that Jameis Winston, oh, a New Orleans legend, <laughs> he said, "Man, fuck this. We're we're getting a touchdown for our boy. Fuck fuck a victory formation. Oh, Dennis yeah, Allen and Arthur the- Smith." We're sending you guys home out of here. That's how you eat a dub. Season. The problem that I've had—that's how you eat a dub. Hearing about this story is people who are like, "I, sh- if you don't, if you're mad about them running up the score, and it's like they're not mad about the score, they're mad that you got it happened into in one victory formation." Yes, and that's the thing. And so obviously yeah. the coach did the right thing. He called the play that he's supposed to. And Jameis decided he wants to get Jamal Williams a touchdown. I like uh, Jamal uh, Williams. Uh, 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 I have no problem I need. With a, that. I need. A, I need. But, a, I need to stop you right there. It's. It's not. It's yeah, not Jameis Winston. Okay. It's the a team, team um, decision. Was there that, an incentive on the on the contract? No, it's because uh, he hasn't no. gotten one all year, and he was the touchdown leader last year, and everyone loves him, and that's fine. Just run, just line up in a regular formation and get the yard. If you can't get the yard, then don't do it. Um, well, that's a, that's the thing, though. It's because uh, the problem they, is is the opposite they were denied. side. Is the opposite they, side is the Greg Schiano thing? Uh, is people diving at you in victory formation that they're trying to get rid that they don't want that to happen and that's going to happen if that's you're true. faking vic- that's the problem man i miss greg because yeah. james is just such an idiot that he thinks he's doing something 
good when actually no, sir, sir, you're you're calling you're not calling Jameis Winston an idiot. You're calling the New Orleans Saints team an idiot because it was totally, a team decision. Totally fine team with that decision. too. Actually, team uh, decision. I have zero, zero problem with that. Listen, I I have no problem with what they did. I encourage it. Do it some more because it gives us something to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it was it was very very. It's great very for funny. content. Um, Listen, it's it's great for content. Uh, yeah. I the the integrity of the game, I don't really care. There is no integrity in, in professional sports, uh, <laughs> at all. That's not, that means, yeah, that's no, your that's a great zero. counterpoint as well. All right, the, the sanctity um, of the wait, game was get the, died a long did, time ago. Did you also see the little clip of the of that same coaching interaction? But right behind Arthur Smith, a Falcons uh, assistant coach clearly walks by, stares uh, Dennis Allen in the face and calls him a bitch ass motherfucker as he just walks by. Yes, I saw that shit. That was so great, man. <laughs> See, this that's, is this this is what we fun. need. We that's need more of this. <laughs> and, and you know what? You know what's crazy? The, I think what's getting lost in all of this, if we're if we're if we're being real right now, is that. The, the team essentially had a mutiny against Dennis Allen in the final play of the season. How do you bring that guy back? The no, team, they, did not re- they did not respect you. They did not respect your decision to say, hey, just kneel it down, the passing please. defense was the honestly The team did not good, make so that like... decision. Uh, no matter what Jameis wants to tell you. Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to believe Jameis Winston. They're probably a better quarterback He's not away alive. from being a playoff team. That's probably why they just went ahead and did it because he's still – his job is to coach defense, and that was that part was handled in, in New oh, Orleans this year. I mean, you threw in What's the that? white flag when you let Jameis Winston play, so – Either way, I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Jameis Winston at his word because that man eats W's. He's a legend in the in the city of New Orleans. <laughs> All right. Either way, the, it, it, listen. If the rest of his teammates had a had an issue with that, they probably would have also vetoed the play call. Uh, but they didn't, so they let it happen. And therefore, Dennis Allen looks like a clown. And let's be real, like he probably shouldn't be back as the head coach anyway. It's not like he brings anything special as a head coach. They're still paying Sean but, Payton, right? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, so like they're yeah, gonna. No, they, that, that's a poor franchise too. So yeah, they, they got some probably. picks out of it. Uh, not right? a lot of didn't picks. They? I don't think. Didn't they trade? I don't think. Uh, they did they, trade, but I don't know if they got what, like. What do picks matter if the owner doesn't want to ball? You know what I mean? Well, they're in cap hell for <laughs> like yeah, a decade. And, yeah, the roster's already Perfect. fucking cap hell yeah. doesn't the roster... exist. The Rams are fine. No, well, the Rams well, the, are fine the, because the they're hitting on those. His owner will pay money. The Bensons are like, yeah. oh, uh, y- y'all better win with what you got. We got yeah, McDonald's at home. The, the, the Saints way, got really. the Broncos first round last year, second round this year, third round by this way, year. On the on the on the topic of the Rams, like that's a that's a no name defense that just stepped up because they said that their scouting department needs to be applauded because those are all those are all five fifth, sixth, seventh round and undrafted free agents. Surrounding Aaron Donald, and that's how, and they're making that shit work. So uh, somehow, fuck them picks has worked out for the Los Angeles Rams, Uh, and they survived cap hell that way. The Saints, however, no, they're not gonna survive. They're not gonna survive cap hell because they they married themselves to Derek Carr, uh, the most mediocre of mediocre quarterbacks. And so they should pair him with the most mediocre coach. I think it's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? I don't feel bad. Available. I don't feel oh, bad for the Saints. They could, get, they, they could go all time, but I think Dennis Allen will have to do it for now. Yo, what about Jeff Jason Fisher. Garrett at Alabama? He what? You know, imagine him. 
Jason Garrett at Alabama. Oh my yeah, god, he's he the funniest. Coach, he would only coach at Notre Dame, even though he never went to Notre Dame, which is weird. He should go coach in the Ivy League. You know, go to Princeton? Oh, fuck no. Who's coaching at Princeton? That's true. No one, no one really wants to coach over there. But um, yeah. Either way, that game was hilarious. Our our uh, inaugural champion was uh, sadly uh, let go of his job. Oh, rightfully so. He wasn't very good as a head coach. Uh, and yeah, that now leaves us with a new champion for next guaranteed, off season. Guaranteed, a guaranteed next champ. Yeah, unless somebody. Just, well, I think it worked like, out in a way because you know it gets old. You know, you have new blood, and the NFL's firing everybody. So. Yeah, and the sage, the sage man himself, uh, the guy who tormented uh, Patrick's understanding of head coach Fight Club for the first couple of weeks, will no longer be returning either. Uh, as Pat, uh, Pete Carroll is stepped yeah, is... away from the head coaching uh, position at, in Seattle. This was the most surprising football coach change of the week for a couple hours. And, and it happened today. <laughs> so, uh, hey, you know what? Someone gave a great example. He got Farrah Fawcett in. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But Farrah Fawcett died Jackson. hours before Michael Jackson. Yeah. Although I would still argue that maybe most people wouldn't care that much either. But uh, no, but also, yeah, she was before the... As you know, as the 2010s and it started ramping up with more because more celebrities dying because more celebrities through time there becomes more and more celebrities. So she was still in the era where it was still a huge deal. Twitter's new; it would have been a pretty big deal, but she was. I understand that there's generations that that's a big big deal with. I just don't know how much Farrah Fawcett has transcended that those particular generations. I think once a couple people start retweeting and whatever pictures of her from back then enough people will pick up that steam of being like hot girl but yeah you're right i don't know i was uh i was a nostalgic child so it's very fair yeah and yeah so Pete carroll huh Pete carroll yeah and (laughs) you know now before before we go into Pete carroll um and the seattle seahawks and where they're going to rank there is something that i wanted to talk about and that's not necessarily a head coach, but somebody who might have a hand in picking their team's head coach. And that's Bob Myers. Bethke, I've recruited you to help me talk about him because uh, from his time in Golden State, I'm not sure what his role is going to be oh, in Washington. Here, but I got yeah, you. we're going, we're, we're, we're going back to Washington. Then. Yeah, to, to the commanders. Uh, okay. be- before we get into the, into the whole rankings of all these New head coach openings. The, so you're talking about Vrabel and Ron Ron are the two you have, we haven't really. Yeah, I mean, I think those those kind of came in the. I don't know. I the, the Ron Rivera thing that one's already happened. Like that's happened. Everybody knew that was going to happen expected. this year. Uh, uh, Mike Vrabel is not surprising. I think it's like let's let's be real. Tennessee was in a rebuilding season, and I look at Mike Vrabel, and I think a lot of people look at Mike Vrabel as a guy who's going to coach. Is a great coach, and he's gonna definitely help if your team's a contender. Yeah, if it's it, a rebuilding team, I don't they, know because they screwed him. Never seen him the though. GM and the owner screwed him so hard out of what they already were established and building. So, yeah, yeah hopefully he gets video a better. Of him reacting to the AJ Brown trade last year. Yeah. Or, oh yeah. Yeah. Two years ago. What is it? What? Yeah. Two years. Ago. I think. Yeah. But yeah. Hopefully he gets. He lands in a better spot. I like variable. I do too. Oh, definitely. I, yeah. You'll be I one would, of the I would love that. No doubt. 
I think he might be the candidate this offseason uh, just because of his age and uh, what he's done at Tennessee with what he had to work with in Tennessee. Uh, I think he's uh, he's definitely going to be like the most sought after coach or should be. Um, but yeah, going going Bill to Belichick. Bill Belichick, well, who hasn't officially no, been relieved of his duties and we don't, we don't know, know what, what's going to happen. What's going on there, yeah. However, I did put them. I think it's the writings on the wall that he's not coming back uh, to New England, one way or another. At least not as the GM. Uh, definitely not as the GM, but I don't think he should be back as a, as their head coach. It's there's just too much rebuilding, and that's not a guy that you you want rebuilding. We've seen it now for three years of them trying to rebuild, and it's not been good. So, uh, yeah. Let's see. Um, well, you're talking about back to Bob Myers to talk about the Washington situation. Yeah, they built yeah, a coalition. The yeah, let's coalition. talk about that. I don't know what they're now, calling. Now, Bethke, you're familiar with Bob Myers. I'm assuming from his his time in Golden State and what he meant to that organization. Uh, what what really what was his contributions to that that dynasty run that they had? So, like any good history, that's always going to be a little convoluted. Um, but essentially the need to know on who Bob Myers is and why the rest of the world knows and why the Washington football team decided to, uh, put him a part of this advisory board, um, which I guess his role is an analyst and advisor, or at least that's what I found. Um, so he won a, a natty playing, uh, at UCLA. He was a walk-on at UCLA, then ended up getting a scholarship and starting eventually, but that's where he, his basketball career kind of came from or where he kind of came from into the sports world. And then from that, he got a connection with Arn Tellum, who is like the most important, one of the most important super agents in all of basketball history. Uh, most people believe that Arn Tellum was the reason that the Hornets didn't take Kobe Bryant and that um, actually about 10 teams didn't take Kobe Bryant um, because that's how powerful he was. Um, and so um, that kind of started his career. Then he was a super agent throughout the 2000s. Um, in 2011, he got hired by the Warriors as an assistant GM. And this is where we get started about obviously his rise to uh, this kind of level of notoriety and team building. So. His biggest credit initially <clears throat> is the 2012 NBA draft class, right? But this draft class isn't that great, right? So you already have Stephen Curry. You already have Klay Thompson. Uh, this is the Harrison Barnes, Draymond Green, Festus Azili draft. All three players played intricate roles, obviously, in 2015. Draymond potentially could be a future Hall of Famer um, and obviously the defensive cornerstone of that dynasty. So big points there. Um, but remember, Clay and Steph already on the roster. Um, again, we don't really know exactly how much say he had in all of these per you know exact situations. But one that one situation that might qualify him the best for this particular uh, job search is he was a massive part of the Mark Jackson Steve Kerr transition. That is a notable chapter in the Warriors dynasty, where of course Mark Jackson was the head coach of the Spl Splash Brothers, their first like real playoff year. Um, and then apparently there was some stuff where he wasn't exactly well loved. I remember there being a quote about him really being pushy about his religious views and Clay Thompson brushing him off in a you know, weird altercation or something. And so there's just always some weird shit there. Um, but Probably essentially, like because I said, of the Menendez brothers. That uh, far. 
that's that's a that's a drop. It's a good deep cut reference. Uh, you, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, or yes, I'm aware okay. of the. <laughs> But, uh, that's just such a. Uh, there is a Mark Jackson basketball card where you can see the Menendez brothers in the crowd. Uh, the Menendez <laughs> brothers murdered their parents, then took the money and went on a, a spree of having fun before going to jail. Um, yep. yep. So Bob Myers. See, Bob Myers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so another big moment for him. Um, there is a deci- decision before they the year before, literally the summer before they win their first the, title. The decision. It was not the decision. It was a very. It was a decision close to the decision. It was close to the second decision, actually. So Kevin Love, instead of becoming a Cleveland Cavalier, was almost a Golden State Warrior at the expense of Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, which obviously would have had radical um, impacts on our uh, the history of basketball. Um, so some people say Bob Myers was accredited for not making that de- to, for deciding not to pull the trigger on a trade. Others uh, say that Jerry West did it. So that's just a difference of opinion. Um, Remember that Warriors fans are not big fans of him right now. Um, So then he also was accused of trying to trade Steph Curry in the Bogut deal. Of course, history's always reflected that was the Milwaukee's choice was that they got to choose between Monte Ellis or Steph Curry for Andrew Bogut, and they chose Monte Ellis. Obviously... Will we ever? Yeah, right. But such Milwaukee Bucks shit. But that. So that's the. That's the. That's the way history's always told the, the story. Dark, the dark years where we were convinced Montellus was going to be good here. Hey, Monte was as good as anybody was, was for a bit. Twenty fourteen. There was a lot of nasty years. Every after, I think, yeah, about fourteen. Whenever Vince Carter hits that playoff shot, and then it's just bad for yeah. him. Um. Anyway. Um. He pulled off the KD heist, which I do think is important to note because obviously there was a lot of contractual stuff that needed to happen for that uh, to even happen. Um, For Kevin Durant to even be able to fit on this roster, it also took a stroke of luck from Steph Curry's injuries and stuff like that. And then the biggest issue here that I think is uh, where we'll stop and I'll give you back the mic sees is most Warrior fans also... Uh, think that he's the one that they should blame for their current demise in the situation they're in right now. Oh, and yeah. In fact, Charles it's Barkley so even made a joke on it, national television. They're, they're so miserable and it's so sad. Well, Sorry. I would, I mean, think about it. You're they talking, are no you longer about a dynasty. The, they are no longer, yeah, the, the peak. So, And you drafted a kid this at number tough. two who ended up being one of the bigger busts in the last decade. Is that when pool? you could have had, uh, no, that about? was uh, James Wiseman. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot about Wiseman. That's not good. And then you have, yes, Poole was nice. You got Jordan Poole out of nowhere, but then Jordan Poole was sort of just never developed as a defensive player to the point you had to trade him, essentially. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that um, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga have been both, you know, so, so contributors since being drafted. So, all this future that Golden State once had when they thought they were the that they were going to have a second dynamic run like the uh, the Spurs, um, it looks like if they're going to have to do it, it's going to have to be in a remade version of the Steph Curry Warriors. So long story short, some people think Bob Myers is one of the best GMs of the last decade. I think he's pretty good. A lot of Warrior fans think he's a giant piece of shit who jumped ship at the right time to go get a nice cushy media gig and apparently a nice advisory role. So you yeah. be the judge. All right. <laughs> Sounds like he knows how well, to build an organization up at least. Yeah. Right. He knows how to run it. 
Yeah, I, it, it's going to be different. NFL is a little bit of a different monster, and he doesn't necessarily seem to have a background in football whatsoever. He's just an advisor on the hiring role as far as we're I mean, aware yeah, so far. He's trying to find – he's looking at processes I, and not X's yeah, nose. It, yeah, if he's just looking at the process of finding a good candidate, I, I'm sure that'll he'll bring something to also the table. Also important to know that Magic Johnson's a part of the ownership, and of course, Magic probably had some sort of relationship with them as well. And so, uh, oh, and, and actually, the the owner, the owner is uh, the GM or the owner of the Sixers, and then uh, uh, used to have to deal with them too through a, through a, oh Josh Harris, an agent. So yeah, here's Josh a question. Harris. There's their field is sponsored by FedEx and there's a recently uh unemployed head coach Ooh. who's also kind of sponsored by FedEx. So I wonder <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what I the odds are Arthur Smith could get that job. I don't know, but uh, I hope I Vegas don't... at least puts him on the on the list. I know you have to. Like uh, yeah, is there anything more secure... Is there any more nepotism in America, like besides politics and football? I mean, it's true. That's a fact. That is true. that is true. Um, yeah, the last time I think there was a a big exec move like this, or at least a notable exec move like this, where you have somebody from a completely different league coming in to uh, the NFL uh, was Paul De Podesta. I think I'm saying his name, Paul De Podesta. De Podesta. De Podesta. Like uh, who was. Yeah, who was in the? Who was in Major League Baseball? Uh, he was with, with the Dodgers, the Padres, the Mets, and then got hired by the Browns to be their chief strategy officer, and then right. to find Condoleezza Rice. Uh, Wasn't that part of that story? She, I know oh, she's yeah. part of the Cleveland. I thought she was part of Stanford's whole athletic. No, department. she was. Condoleezza Rice was a part of the. Uh, there was like this was weird rumor. The there was too. some, the, the, some the, rumor the, that she was being interviewed for. Some position within the organization. Yeah, but it was it a head me, coach or some stuff? It sounded to me like one of those things where someone leaks a bunch of information to see who's who the leak is. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's a good way to look at that leak. That was a great one, a good pull. Nice. That was yeah. after the Hugh uh, Jackson firing, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think he oversaw the the firing. And either way, uh, Podesta is still or Deep Podesta is still with the Cleveland Browns, so that's proven to be somewhat successful uh they're you looking, would say they're looking good right now they made a terrible decision and then somehow it still worked out for them so because joe flacco is the truth apparently well because uh, miles garrett's the truth no sir <laughs> no hey, miles we, garrett's we been a season, season talk about chunk. future hall of famers in a little season bit later, long over before flacco got there look they look. got a couple of uh, they got a couple hall of famers on both sides of the ball <laughs> you know we're gonna get into all that yeah, and uh, just just so we're everyone's aware, uh, Miles Garrett has been playing with a separated shoulder for a good chunk of this. He's not himself, uh, which says a lot about how good he is. Yeah, no considering kidding. he still has fourteen sacks uh, with play basically playing with with one arm. He's the closest um, thing to a hockey player you got in the NFL right now. True, super uh, superhuman for sure. Absolutely, it's a it's a you know what you know who's more superhuman. Uh, or super powered is Mason Rudolph's skull because he took a full fledged uh, hammer throw of a helmet hit from Miles Garrett and uh, and survived. So good mm. on him. That 
That'll be his claim to fame. That concludes part one of this week's Pass the Rock. Join us in part two as we discuss head coach openings and preview the wild card round. Share, 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 fucking share. Share, 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 fucking share.